The peace of Christ be with you. Give yourself three breaths to be drawn into a deeper awareness of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Friends, let us worship in beloved community. Holy, holy, holy one, present in all of creation, living word and sacrament, come and abide in us. Holy, holy, holy one, present in all of creation, living word and sacrament, you join me in our call to worship? Holy three and holy one, we praise you in your indescribable fullness. In your diversity, we recognize the blessedness of creation's diversity. Your beauty knows infinite expressions. We seek you in word and sacrament. Let us recognize your living word and sacrament in daily life. We gather today singing hymn 404, What is This Place? What is this place? Where are we meeting? Only a house, the earth, its floor, walls and a roof, sheltering people, windows for Welcome to Westminster Presbyterian Church virtually. Whether you're with us on Facebook or YouTube, our website, or some other way, it is nice to be worshiping with you online. 
Just a reminder that we are celebrating communion today, so I do invite you to have something to eat and something to drink. Now, typically we use bread and juice, but really anything will do. I have here my cracker and then my cup of milk, because that's what I happen to have on hand. So we'll get to that later in the service. But for now, I invite us to join together in our community prayer. Let us pray. Creating God, creative God, you have laid out the heavens and the earth. You have given us a place within them, and we praise you. Your manifestations of divine love are limitless in number, and yet routinely we try and limit what counts as holy, good, or worthy. Explode our imaginations that our minds might be opened to a wider reality than we have ever envisioned. Bless us with the ability and sensibility to find you wherever we go. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Friends, hear the good news. God's mercy is as wide as the ocean. God's desire to forgive is as strong as the mighty wind. So let your hearts receive the outpouring of God's love through the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. Amen. I want to invite all the children who are worshiping with us today to come closer to the screen for our time of discovery. So I want you to know I have my friends that are watching from this direction now, so I'm going to look at them sometimes, but don't think I'm not watching you, okay? Spider-Man, no more funny business, uh, no more tricks, okay? I'm watching you. So <laughs> I wonder, someday we're going to get to go out and have fun again, and if we could go out and have fun and do anything together, what kinds of things would... Would you like to do if we could go have fun right now? Oh, yeah, Iron Man? Oh, you want to you wanna go flying somewhere? That would, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? To go flying is probably a lot easier for you than it is for us. Yeah, Black Panther. Okay, rock climbing. Yes, again, it's probably a lot easier for you than it is for the rest of us. But I would love to go climbing with Black Panther. That would be so cool. You could probably catch me if I slip. Uh, I wonder what kind of things you're looking forward to doing when, and, and what you would do if, if you had all the money in the world, what kind of fun things you'd plan to do. The problem with that isn't just that we have shelter in place orders and the coronavirus. Part of the problem is, I don't know about you, I, I don't always have the money to do all the things that I want to do. Uh, I, I know, Iron Man, I know. We all know you're a billionaire, okay? But the rest of us aren't. I don't know how much money my friends have saved in their piggy banks, uh, but I don't always get to do all the things that I want to do. And even more, you know what makes me kind of sad? Is I can't always do the things that I want to do for other people. Uh, you know, we have plenty of food in our house. I think 
probably you have food in your home and all of you have food in your house, but there's some people that don't have any food or any house. It's a conversation I have with, with Theo and Soul sometimes, my kids, where they, we have friends who, as far as we know, or some we do know, uh, don't have a home. They live outside. And Theo and Soul have said to me, you know, we should buy them a home so they can live in it. And that is the best answer. I love that. But unfortunately, we just don't have the money to do it. Um, and there are people who, I wonder how many pairs of clothes you have in your home. I have plenty of clothes to wear. My wife thinks sometimes I have too many, but I have plenty of clothes to wear. And there's some people who, this may sound strange, only have a couple of pairs of clothes to wear. And I would love to do something about that, but... I can't always do anything about it because I don't always have the money to do it. And I don't know if you feel the same way. You want, you see people who are hurting. Maybe even you see someone on the street with a sign that says that they need help. And you ask somebody, what do they need help with? And you don't have anything to give them. Well, you know what? The same thing happened to Jesus and his friends, they didn't have a lot of money. Jesus wasn't rich. And as far as we know, his friends weren't rich either. His disciples weren't rich. And after Jesus was gone, one of his disciples, or two of them actually, were going to the temple and they, excuse me, they ran into somebody who had one who was asking for money who didn't have any. Someone who is very desperate. And just like us, they didn't have anything to give the person. Do you want to know what they did? Well, you're going to have to go to the WPC Tiburon channel on YouTube and see our latest sacred story to find out what they did when they found someone on the street who needed help, but they didn't have any money to give. What did they do? As we come now to our time of joys and concerns, I invite you to share what is on your heart and your mind today. If you're watching with us on Facebook, you can type right into the comments section. Otherwise, you are welcome to email us, to call us during the week. And we certainly want to be in prayer for and with one another. So it is good that we share our joys and concerns with each other. Now, as we pray together today, I'm going to invite us to start simply in a time of quiet for each of us to pray in our own way. Certainly we come to worship today with a lot on our hearts and minds, you know, thinking about all that has happened in our nation and in our communities over the last couple of weeks. So let's start with some quiet prayer and then I will lead us in prayer together. So let us pray. Oh God, you hear all of our prayers. You hear our pain and our grief. You hear our anger and our frustration. 
You hear our joy and our gratitude. Holy God, living love, beginning and end, grace and hope, life in all its goodness, we praise and adore you. Jesus Christ, wisdom and word, lover of outcasts, friend of the poor, one of us, yet one with God, we praise and adore you. Holy Spirit, wind and breath, bridge builder, eye opener, untamable energy of life, we praise and adore you. Holy Trinity, forever one, whose nature is community, in whom we love and meet and know our neighbor, life in all its fullness, making all things new, we praise and adore you. O oh God, hear us now as we lift our voices together, as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The snake's tale illustrates the portion of the Genesis story where Adam and Eve fall from grace. Eve went walking in Eden one day. Her friend the snake had come out to play. What shall we do? Eve asked the snake. He said, let's have a picnic in the garden. So Eve said, sure, that sounds just fine. There's plenty to eat right here on the vine. Tomatoes, olives, pears, and figs. Dill and cucumbers, lemons and limes, and water from the creek so cool and sweet. The snake coiled up at the root of the tree in the middle of the garden and asked with glee, What about this? And Eve stopped short. She said, God said we shouldn't ever eat that fruit. The snake said, Eve, girl, shut your mouth. There's no good reason we should leave this out. The only reason God won't let you eat it is because if you did, you'd know everything that God does. So Eve took a bite and it didn't taste right, but she had the most incredible feeling. Wait till Adam tries this, said the snake with a hiss. And so Eve shared the fruit with her mate on a date. At first, the fruit was soft and sweet, the kind of thing you'd always want to eat. But then something happened. The knowledge kicked in, and they knew they were absolutely naked. Adam gathered leaves from the largest trees. Eve stitched them up just as quick as you please. They started to feel more comfortable, and then God showed up. Uh-oh. They hid from God in deep disgrace. 
God called out, Adam, show your face. I can't. Adam said. I'm not decent. Who told you that? The creator asked. Well, no one. We just feel ashamed. Ever since we ate that lovely fruit, well, things just haven't been the same. And who said you should eat that fruit? Now this is where the whole thing went to pieces. The woman did. Poor Adam said. It's not my fault. She beguiled me. Oh, really, said Eve. Well, the snake was the one who first said to me, the only reason God won't let you eat it is because if you did, you know everything that God does. Hmm. Now, it takes a lot to make God mad, but what the snake did was really bad. God banished the snake from the garden that day with the curse that never, ever went away. The snake recoiled with his familiar hiss. He knew the jig was up and the lesson was this. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the snake, and the snake didn't have a leg to stand on. The scripture reading is from Genesis 1 and 2. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void. And darkness covered over the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God God called the light day, and the darkness God called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together God called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day 
and the lesser light to rule the night. And the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, Brief, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in God's image. In the image of God, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw everything that, had, that God had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that God had done and God rested on the seventh day from all the work that God had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work that God had done in creation. Friends, this is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks.
be to God. In this home, we have been raising these butterflies. What a symbol of resurrection this time of year. We did this with the help of a kit, a little jar with caterpillars and their food, a net basket, all self-contained, everything they needed to make their transformation, even the nectar to feed them as they're sent off on their life's journey when they're ready. Oh, to wrap up in a cocoon right about now. Safe and contained. And not just ourselves, but oh, to wrap up everything, everything, and just start again. To emerge from this beautifully, to take to flight, for that is for what we were meant. God once said, let there be, and there was, and there is, and yet we need to be created again. So say it again, God. Say it again. A scholar of the older word once pointed out that the seven days of creation correspond to the architectural layout of the ancient temple. You can see here the symmetry between the two sides of the temple when matched with the creation story. And so creation then forms the structure for all that is to exist in a state of worship by its very being. And the front of the temple is marked by the divine rest that occurs at the end of the creative week. Not an empty rest, not a void like the one that preceded the creative act but a full one, a full rest, a holy rest. And yet here we are in the midst of so much unrest. So much unrest. How I long for rest. How I ache for those who have not rested for a long time and cannot truly rest until things change. In church, today is known as Trinity Sunday. Who cares? What does that have to do with anything going on? Well, everything, really. The Trinity is an image we put to the notion that God is both more than one and one. 
God creates diversely because God is diversity. Diversity in relationship. The Christian image for God is the model of how to be in relationship, more specifically how to be in love. The temptation, the alluring temptation is to say that when there's not total harmony, it's broken, the great temple is fractured and creation cannot worship. And to agree to a degree that brokenness is so. But when we only think that the absence of total harmony is brokenness, then we mistakenly assume that every struggle is something to be solved, to be put down, to be ceased at all costs. That struggle is the aberration. Struggle is the injury. When in fact, struggle is also the process. What we know from life is that life is just as much struggle as it is passivity. Struggle is not a departure from the divinely created order, though sometimes the conditions that create the struggle are a departure from God, an unjust departure from God. But struggle is a fundamental part of the divine order. does not the seedling struggle to burst from its shell, making its way through the soil once it is baptized by water from heaven? Does it not have to push to reach the light? Is not growth, in fact, a dance between rest and reaction, internal gathering and upward movement? We then must take up the struggle, not put it down. Let it in, not put it out. Does Jesus not show us this in his life? Did the prophets not call us to righteous struggle that the community might grow into the image for which it was created? all beings in worship. And so when people cry out about black people being killed by police officers, the invitation is to join them in the struggle, the holy struggle, which is all of our struggle. Because those of us like me, who are not they, are supposed to be in love with them. The struggle is not a departure from the ideal state of rest. Rest is the culmination of the righteous struggle, the culmination of the creative act. There's a difference between hollow rest and full rest, the full rest of creation, 
I'll let you in on a secret. Creation didn't happen. Creation is happening. Every moment is in the midst of creation. Right now, something in the cosmos is being created. Some one is being created. Some groups of people are being created in every moment. And the miracle is that we have been invited into being co-creators with God. Like birth, the work of creation is sometimes painful. Like birth, it's worth it. This part feels hard, but the struggle is necessary. And while it may be hard to see from the inside, we're not hanging out there alone. And we must not let others think they are either. I can't take the pain away. I'm not here to do that. What I can do and what I am here to do is to offer nectar. We have been given everything we need. Are we brave enough for the transformation? Are we in love enough? If so, we have the capacity within us for this. Christ is risen. Our turn. Amen. Before we get to some other announcements, I just want to remind you that we're about to take communion just when I'm done here in a moment. Uh, so if you are watching this live and 
want to uh, partake in communion virtually with the rest of us live, this would be your time to get up and run to the kitchen if you forgot your elements. <laughs> so go ahead. For the rest of us, uh, I want to thank you personally for those of you who continue to give and continue to pledge. Uh, it is a huge help. Uh, one of my neighbors uh, was just asking out of concern, you know, what does the church do in times like this? And we just say, we just pray and hope that that uh, God provides. And so we are certainly grateful for that. There are plenty of options for you to do so, whether it's text to give, online giving, uh, or of course, just mailing it in, however you want to do it. Of course, we're here to help and assist in any way you'd like. Uh, also, as we start to consider any sort of in-person gatherings, it, it doesn't look like in-person worship gatherings are going to happen as soon as small, sort of smaller group in-person gatherings. And we're curious as we're sort of exploring options for how best to do that. We're curious if there are any of you who live in Southern Marin, if you have a property that has a large front yard or backyard where we can gather a small group of people with proper social distancing, uh, and you'd be willing to host, we would love to hear from you. So please reach out to one of us here at the church or even direct messages through one of these channels online. We would love to know that so that we can, uh, you, you could be a huge help to the community and to this church. If you're curious about when those things might be happening, uh, or you just want to keep up with the rest of the news going on in the church, when we may perhaps be having these small group gatherings, uh, or you just want to get the links to those online gatherings that are, will still be occurring, uh, check the Westminster E-News. The website is your friend. It's being updated regularly. And, you know, we are also your friend, okay? You can always text, email, call someone on staff, myself, Bethany, Rob, of course. You can always call the office uh, and get the information that you need, even if it's just a link that you forgot or if it's a date, we are your friend. You know, we, we love hearing from you and helping you in any way we can, even if it's just one of those little seemingly mundane details. So we come to our time of communion in our worship service. And if you haven't done so already, now is the time for you to go find something to eat and something to drink. It could be bread and juice, but you could be creative too, whatever the elements that you have available. And as we come to the table, to our many tables, we are reminded that all are invited, all are welcome. We are also reminded that Jesus invites us to come to the table in peace. So I invite you, if you happen to be sitting next to someone, to share the peace of Christ with them. And if you're watching by yourself, may the peace of Christ be with you. Friends, this is the joyful feast of the kingdom of God. That joy, I know, may feel like an aspiration, but we will cling to it as a tenant of our faith. For we are told that they shall come from north and south and east and west to sit together at table in the kingdom of God. You have been invited. So let us join together at this table. 
Will you join with us? God be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to God. Let us give thanks to God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. And I invite you to join with me in our communion prayer this morning. I will say a few lines and then invite you to say, bread of life, cup of blessing, we gather at your table. And we'll simply go back and forth. So let us pray. Oh God, we are tired and broken by systems of oppression and discrimination. We are hungry and scared in a world consumed by hate, greed, and disease. Bread of life, cup of blessing, we gather at your table. Oh God, you reply, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Bread of life, cup of blessing, we gather at your table. Grateful and loved, we feast on your grace, O God. Blessed and filled, we marvel at your beauty. Bread of life, cup of blessing, we gather at your table. Beloved and amazed, we see one another in love. Alive and hopeful, we walk with the poor, the outcast, and the downtrodden. Bread of life, cup of blessing, we gather at your table. And together, with the saints and the prophets from all times and places, we lift our voices in praise. Will you repeat after me? Holy, holy, holy God. Holy, holy, holy God. Everywhere we see your glory. Everywhere we see your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. Friends, on the night of his arrest, Jesus took bread, the bread that he had, just as you will take the bread that you have. And having given thanks, he blessed it and broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he said, This is the cup of the new covenant, which is sealed in my blood. It is poured out for the forgiveness of sins for you and for many. Do this as often as you drink of it, he said, remembering me. This is the feast of God for the people of God. Let us partake in this meal together.
having joined in this feast together, even from afar. Let us now join in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious one, in this feast, we honor the broken body of Jesus the Christ. And in doing so, we honor all broken bodies. In this feast, we pray for and experience a taste of the coming unity of the body. And we aspire to and pray for that coming unity for us. Gracious one, in this feast, we experience the living spirit. And we call down that Holy Spirit on this your world in this moment. Fill us up, not just with material food, but spiritual food and fortitude that we might run the race set before us. We pray these things, we pray all things in Christ's name. Amen. communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day. Amen. Mm -hmm.